0: Good morning, welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, August 25th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Inside donating convalescent plasma for COVID-19, plus what it's like to fly during the pandemic. We start with today's one big thing, night one of the case for re-electing Donald Trump. The virtual Republican National Convention kicked off yesterday with an official roll call that nominated Donald Trump and Mike Pence for re-election as the GOP ticket. Elena Treen was watching everything yesterday and last night and is here now with her big takeaways. Elena, so one big question I had was how much was the coronavirus and the pandemic going to be mentioned? And we actually that was a big topic last night.
1: It was. I think that heading into it, we knew that they wanted to spend a lot of time on programming around the coronavirus, specifically because they know this is going to be a key priority for voters in the election in November. But I would say that the messaging we saw around COVID was really an alternative narrative of how the pandemic has played out. Essentially, they argued that the president acted fast and everyone else got it wrong. So I think that the messaging around the coronavirus and what we saw, last night, it was a bit of revisionist history.
0: That brings me to the second point, which is there was a lot of fact-checking that journalists were doing about the statements that were being made yesterday.
1: Yes. We saw a lot more fact-checking last night from the networks than we did last week during the Democratic National Convention, which definitely sparked a lot of criticism from people on the right, on Twitter and elsewhere last night. But we saw MSNBC and CNN cut away from live coverage several times. At one point, Rachel Maddow, who was headlining for MSNBC, said that they were going to try to keep it to a minimum, but that they felt they had their duty to fact check in real time. And that led to skipping a lot of speeches, missing parts of speeches.
0: Jonathan Swan said that we would look for -for made-for-TV moments that harken back to President Trump's reality TV background. And we saw that last night with a panel the president convened with a group of hostages that had been freed during his administration.
1: Yes. And so the president and his campaign know that one of the best advantages they have this week and leading into the election is that he's been in office and some of the successes he's had while president. And we saw them play that up. Tonight, the hostages, six former hostages, kind of in a semicircle surrounded President Trump in a taped interview from the White House. And it really spoke to trying to paint more of the president as someone who's freed these people and will continue to work hard to do the same in his administration. I think it also kind of played on the empathy of the president. He tried to connect with these former hostages on a special level.
2: Well, the great people of Utah really wanted me to do something about the two of you. And we were able to do it. And a little bit of a miracle, I think, frankly. It was. Because it was a very hostile period.
1: Definitely leveraged that aspect of the office of the presidency tonight.
0: Last night ended with Republican Senator Tim Scott, the only black Republican in the Senate, mounting a pretty powerful critique of Joe Biden. Yes,
1: it was a tough assessment of Joe Biden's record on race.
3: Joe Biden said if a black man didn't vote for him, he wasn't truly black. Joe Biden said black people are a monolithic community. It was Joe Biden who said poor kids can be just as smart as white kids.
1: These are all things that Joe Biden has said and something that Tim Scott, as the only black Republican in the Senate, is poised to say. And he he made it very personal as well as, which I think brought this speech home.
0: Elena Trean covers politics for Axios. Thanks, Elena. Thanks for having me. We'll be back in 15 seconds with what it's like to donate plasma for COVID-19 patients. Welcome back to Axios Today. This weekend, the FDA authorized convalescent plasma as an emergency treatment for the coronavirus, a decision that was criticized for a lack of scientific evidence. Well, last night, FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn said on Twitter those criticisms were justified. But he believes the treatment still, quote, has the potential to benefit many sick patients. Axios reporter Brian Walsh tested positive for COVID-19 in April and decided to donate plasma for that very same reason. Brian, how is this different from an ordinary blood donation?
3: Well, first off, it's longer. With plasma donation, it actually has to be taken out of your arm and then spun through a centrifuge, separates out the plasma from the red blood cells, the white blood cells, and so forth. And all that takes about 50 minutes or so. It's about how long it took when I did it. Now, something like 70,000 patients, I believe, have received convalescent plasma, but we don't yet know if it really works.
0: Was it a difficult or rigorous process for you to qualify for your plasma to be accepted?
3: Well, first and foremost, you had to have a positive test, you know, and then you actually had to take an antibody test when you arrived at the blood donation center. And then you go through a pretty rigorous screening, looking at any possibility that the blood might be tainted in some way, anything about past behavior, sexual behavior, drug use, things like that, you know, longer than I recall from just your past run-of-the-mill office blood drives.
0: Yesterday on Axios Today, Sam Baker, our healthcare editor, was on, and he described this as a controversial move, the emergency authorization from the FDA for this treatment. Why would you say this is controversial?
3: Well, it's controversial because it really does seem as if you have political forces in the White House pushing this to go forward, even though it's not clear yet there's really the science that backs that up. And at this point, most scientists would say that it requires more studies before you give it that emergency authorization to fast track it in a way that seems to be happening. At the same time, the fact that lots of people wanted to do this and have done this really indicates that people want to help any way they can. Maybe this is a way that can work. I just wish it were being done perhaps in a way that was a bit more falling along the science, I suppose.
0: Brian Walsh is Axios' future correspondent. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into the conversations we have in our newsroom. Axios co-founder Mike Allen is here with me from a special location. Good morning, Mike.
2: Well, good morning, Nyla, from my hotel room in Indianapolis, where my TV remote came in a plastic bag sanitized for my protection.
0: This is the first time... You ventured out of Arlington on an overnight trip since March. Mike, I think a lot of people are curious about flying. I wonder how comfortable you felt during the whole experience.
2: I felt totally fine. So at DCA, Sunday afternoon, no wait for TSA pre, no wait for a regular old TSA. On board was about two thirds full, but it was a configuration with no middle seats, just two by two. Then about half an hour into the air, a flight attendant comes on the overhead. We kindly ask that you
0: wear your mask or face covering throughout today's flight and that is over your mouth and your nose. Thank
2: you. And here's the most interesting thing I noticed about human nature. When we touched down in the Hoosier state and we're waiting for the forward cabin door to open, no social distancing, everyone jammed into the aisle just like always.
0: Well, thanks Mike, have a safe flight back home.
2: Thank you, Nyla, and have the best convention! Before we go today,
0: I'm gonna log in every day, every I'm watching. Yeah, we and you know it's up, so we about to take it up a notch. Yeah. That's Mrs. Evans, a high school teacher in Albany, Georgia, and she made an amazing back to school remix of the TikTok hit What's Poppin' with her fellow teacher, Mrs. Williams. Is we just is the topic. The, the video has more than six million views, but the teachers told Entertainment Tonight going viral wasn't their goal. The only outcome that we wanted to get out of this was to really get the kids excited about going back to school virtually. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com. And you can always find me on Twitter at Nyla Voodoo. And we'd love it if you have time to leave us a review. That makes it easier for other people to find our podcast. I'm Nyla Boudou. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow
2: morning.